Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch new episodes of Grey's Anatomy Thursdays at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. January 6th was not a coup. I'm Carl Higby. Everybody knows I'm not Greg. He's off tonight. The House Select Committee hearing on January 6th was just partisan garbage. We watched these four officers go before a panel of left and wing politicians and obviously two rhinos who want to convince the world that the worst, it was the worst attack since the Civil War on America. The worst attack on our democracy since the Civil War to what was already the worst attack on democracy since the Civil War. This was the worst attack on our democracy since the Civil War. In this attack, worst attack on our capital since the Civil War. It was one of the worst events that's ever happened to our democracy. It was the worst attack on our democracy since the Civil War. Stop. It's like they go to Target for their talking points. The, The violence against police officers and the destruction of property on January 6th was unacceptable, period. Those people have been brought to justice. But let's be clear, this was not an attempted coup. Full stop. It was an attempted coup that was happening at the Capitol that day. There is a difference between breaking the law and rejecting the rule of law. Between a crime, even grave crimes, and a coup. This was a coup as far as I'm concerned, attempted coup. We all saw an attempted coup. We saw it with our own eyes. We heard it with our own ears. There it is, right in front of your face, if you don't believe me. It is a coup attempt. It is an insurrection attempt, and it is based on lies. Do you see that first officer? The guy was literally reading it off, and he read, coup. The P is silent, but I digress. The fake news and the officers who testified on Tuesday, they'll literally do anything they can to exploit this January 6th. The reality is a bunch of knuckleheads and idiots who called themselves, one of, one of them even calls himself the MAGA shaman. He was wearing a bullwinkle hat and face paint, okay, broke into a woefully unprotected capital and took a bunch of selfies. By the way, we know for a fact that additional security was declined by Nancy Pelosi. You know, more on that in a minute. But let's remember only one person was mortally wounded in the chaos. One unarmed woman named Ashley Babbitt. Yes, she entered the building illegally. Yes. She was part of a crowd and that was trying to advance further into the Capitol building, but she didn't deserve to be shot and killed without so much as a warning. In fact, once the situation was brought under control, the Congress reconvened in the same place just a few hours later to take the vote. Okay, it couldn't have been that bad. You know who didn't get reconvened? Hundreds of business owners that lost their livelihoods when Black Lives Matter demonstrators last summer tried to uh, turn a looting and, and basically a free-for-all riot with major parts of cities burning to the ground 
And what was the response from each? I mean, this wouldn't be Greg Kelly reports if we didn't come with the receipts, right? Right after hundreds of businesses burns, then future Vice President Kamala Harris asked Americans to donate to a fund to help bail out the violent rioters who got arrested. Could you imagine if Mike Pence tweeted out a link to help bail out the Capitol rioters or even help with their legal expenses? <sighs> Pandemonium. You see the hypocrisy here? Look, a few hundred idiots broke into the Capitol. This was the FBI response. An APB on everyone that was within 100 yards of the Capitol that day. Mind you, nobody lit a single fire. There was no substantial damage, and only one bullet was fired, the one that killed Ashley Babbitt. Now, I'm not saying that the FBI should just look the other way, not at all. But they should, shouldn't they be investigating every riot? Brand new Rasmussen poll out today shows 66% of American voters, nearly two-thirds, two-thirds of the population of America, want Congress to investigate the riots from the summer of 2020. That's 66%, folks. There were approximately 275 riots last summer, like over a billion dollars in damages. Just one incident on January 6th where what, somebody stole a podium. At this point, we seem to be divided into two camps. There's these breathless hysterics like the Don Lemons and, you know, the other folks on CNN and a few non-Republicans. OK, that's what we'll call them. They, they, they simply want to use this as an opportunity to perpetuate this outrage against anyone who still supports Donald Trump, which is a huge number of people still. And they want, they want to keep it alive through 2022 midterms because, let's be honest, they can't run on any of their policies. They're all a dumpster fire and they're falling apart. On, one, on the other hand, though, we have what I like to call normal folks, like you and I. You know, we focus on issues like, is my four-year-old going to have to wear a face diaper this year when I send them back to school? Well, apparently not if you live in Florida. Superstar Ron DeSantis put a stop to that today. Very soon, I'll be signing an executive order, uh, which directs the Florida Department of Education and Department of Health uh, to issue uh, emergency rules protecting the rights of parents uh, to make this decision about wearing masks for their, for their children. Uh, we think that that's the most fair way to do it. Oh, I love that guy. You heard that. Parents making their own decision for their children. What a novel idea that is. It's this one thing we used to call... Freedom, that's right, yes. All right, so people like you and I, we're sitting there wondering what the hell is social infrastructure and why are we about to spend $3 trillion on it? Things like community housing. I told my wife I was going to be talking about this today and she just rolled her eyes and says, like, please stop talking to me about this. She's a very highly educated person who went to Yale. She's a moderate Republican. She's certainly not a fan of Trump. She's Republican, but she's not a fan of Trump. She still thinks that the mainstream media hysteria is the real thing that's terrifying here. Maybe that's why Mr. Potato Head and that thing he calls a show over on CNN has lost 70% of its viewership. <laughs> the, the memes just write themselves. I'm sorry. Do not be confused, though. The January 6th commission is in no way designed to get any answers to what actually happened on January 6th. It's about avoiding the narrative of all the dumb stuff that Democrats are doing and about to do. This is about the fake news keeping this in the minds of Americans long enough to tie it to the Republicans for the House and Senate midterms next year. Fact. I mean, do you hear what uh, trader Liz Cheney said on Tuesday? Listen. Officer Gunnell, when you um, think Sorry. about that and, and share with us the vivid memory of, of the cruelty and the violence of the assault that day, um, and then you hear uh, former President Trump say, quote, it was a loving crowd. There was a lot of love in the crowd. H how does that make you feel? 
I got to say, uh, look, folks, anybody who's watched Greg's show, look, Greg, we thank him for his service. I was also a Navy SEAL for nine years. I have dodged RPGs, bullets. I've been blown up, shot in crashes, and you name it, okay? And these people want to make this out. I'm not diminishing the impact on democracy that, that, that this could have had, but the fact of the matter is, is I just don't think it's as bad as they want everybody to believe it is. It's what I find most reprehensible about this is the use of some of the law enforcement officer as political pawns. And by the way, six months ago, not a single House Democrat gave a damn about other police officers. It was, you know, after months, actually years of defund the police, you know, pigs in a blanket, fry them like bacon. It took that long until they thought, hey, maybe this would benefit our party. So Jen Psaki trouts out there trying to turn it around on Republicans. Listen. He said, Republicans defunded the police by not supporting the American Rescue Plan. But how is it that that is an argument uh, to be made when the president never mentioned needing money for police to stop a crime wave when he was selling the American Rescue Plan? Well, the president did mention that the American Rescue Plan, the state and local funding, something that was supported by the president, a lot of Democrats who supported and voted for the bill, could help ensure uh, local cops were kept on the beat in communities across the country. As you know, didn't receive a single Republican vote. That funding has been used to keep cops on the beat. I mean, how dumb do they think we are? Seriously. You think anyone other than the groupthink Brooklyn coffee shop dwellers believe any of this garbage? Your party spent two years assuming that basically every cop was guilty until proven innocent while you tried to defund them. Literally, it happened, and you're now refunding them because you found out it doesn't work. And now what? Some poll came out and said you were stupid, and you think people are going to forget about it? Bad chance, lady. Okay, anyway, the, the moral void, this didn't stop the liberals from dragging some of these, and I say this with all seriousness, carefully chosen cops up to the stand to tout their talking points. Watch. I use an analogy to describe what I want is a hitman. If a hitman is hired and he kills somebody, the hitman goes to jail. But not only does the hitman go to jail, but the person who hired them does. There was an attack carried out on January 6th and a hitman sent them. I want you to get to the bottom of that. Ooh, so this guy Harry Dunn called Trump a hitman. So you should go to jail. Okay, for what? You show me what Trump did that is worthy of prosecution. You're a law enforcement officer. What's the charge? Because this is the speech that I watched. I know that everyone here will soon be marching over to the Capitol building to peacefully and patriotically make your voices heard. So, Officer Dunn, if you were making an arrest, what would it be for? No, seriously. Would it be based on facts of any kind? Of course not, dude. A simple look at his, some of his older social media posts shows exactly what his motivation is. Check out when he said, congratulations to crybaby Adam Kinzinger when he announced his wife was pregnant. Now here is him cozying up to Nancy Pelosi. He also posted about Jacob Blake being shot and killed by a police officer while he resisted arrest. And here he is with this, his daughter at a Black Lives Matter rally dressed in full BLM gear. How about Officer Aguilo Gunnell? I'm still recovering from those hugs and kisses that day that he claimed that so many rioters, terrorists, were assaulting us that day. If that was hugs and kisses, then we should all go to his house and do the same thing to him. 
Okay, so let's break this down. This is a Capitol Police officer. You know, obviously he's there testifying that there was violence that day. Okay, so that aside, this officer is advocating for that same violence against a former president of the United States. I mean, this is why Republicans didn't want anything to do with this hearing. They knew exactly what the narrative was going to be. As we saw with Nancy Pelosi's move to eliminate Jim Jordan, he surely wouldn't have, I mean, look, he would have been the voice of reason on this thing, but he wasn't even allowed to participate. There are two narratives here. The first is that this was a planned insurrection. The groups got together ahead of time and planned it in detail. But the problem with that is that insurrection is a criminal offense. It is an actual statute that you can be charged with. You can be charged with insurrection. But to date, not one person, not one, has been charged with insurrection. Not one. Okay? The second narrative, which we also see trouted out simultaneously, but they are mutually exclusive, is a, a paradigm that this was inspired by Donald Trump himself. For weeks after this, January 6th, the left couldn't figure out which story it was. They wanted to go with this and that's one. They, like I said, folks, they're mutually exclusive. They can't both be true at the same time. Some even said that it was both Similar to the BLM riots, though, last summer, groups of proud Americans got together to protest a perceived injustice against them. Okay, freedom of speech, right to assemble, peaceably. There were some good people in the crowd, there were some bad people in the crowd, and eventually it all got out of hand. But everyone accused of looting and rioting last summer got due process. Many got bailed out by Kamala Harris. Many got leniency. Now, while people like Jacob Chansley are still behind bars awaiting trial on trumped-up charges, even though he broke nothing, hurt no one, and was let into the Senate chamber by a Capitol Police officer, it's a two-tiered justice system, folks. The Capitol Police Department failed, and there were crazy people, but it was not a coup. Joining me now, Congressman Pat Fallon. He is a Republican from Texas. I wanted to talk about this. Congressman, first off, welcome to the show. Appreciate you coming on. Um, did you expect anything different, though, from Tuesday's hearing? No, Carla, just like, as you said, and by the way, it was a fantastic monologue. Okay. When we had Director Ray from the FBI uh, testify in front of oversight, I asked him a few simple questions while he was under oath. Had any of the 500-plus folks arrested, as you just mentioned, been charged with insurrection? Because that's what the left is calling it, an insurrection. And as to your point, no. How about sedition? Terrorism, treason, nothing. Criminal trespass. Uh, and it wasn't, as that fellow said, it wasn't a coup. Uh, yeah. I don't know if he... <laughs> you can't make that up. <laughs> it's like he was reading, he was like, uh, Nancy Pelosi wrote me this, this was a coup? Yeah. I don't think that's in his repertoire, in his vocabulary, but nonetheless, let's compare something very simple. Okay, conservatives like you and I have condemned all political violence, always have. Of course. The silver lining in this, possibly from January 6th, is now the left realizes that riots are bad. So comparing the two, you had in the January 6th riot case, because it was a riot, not an insurrection, mm -hmm. you had a million and a half dollars worth of damage on one building for four hours, and, uh, and then you compare that to the BLM Antifa riots, 140 cities, 275 riots, some west lasting weeks and perhaps months, $2 billion in damage, and five times the loss of life. But all the left wants to talk about Nancy Pelosi is January 6th. It's mm. like Groundhog Day. That's what January 6th is. Yeah, no, it, it really is. I mean, and also, you know, it's, CNN told us it was mostly peaceful, though. So, I mean, obviously, 
It's, it, it's got to be. You know, there was not one question, though, about Ashley Babbitt. Her name wasn't even mentioned. And if this had been an unarmed Democratic protest, a BLM protest, and there was an unarmed person shot, what do you think the narrative would have been? Oh, there would be a martyr like George Floyd. I mean, I've said all along, we shouldn't remember people for how they die, but for how they live. Mm -hmm. And if that's the standard we apply to George Floyd, I don't think there'd be murals anywhere in the world uh, off of this guy. Nobody remembers David Dorn, uh, an American hero, 34-year-old police captain, somebody that you wanted to have as your neighbor, somebody that you would have babysit your children, mm -hmm. somebody that uh, you'd want to emulate. George Floyd wasn't that. Now, they both were murdered, but there's no murals of David Dorn because he doesn't fit into the left's narrative of a successful African-American man that thought for himself. Right now, they they need group think because let's be honest. What what is this all about? Okay, fifteen percent. If we had fifteen percent of African Americans voting Republican nationwide, there wouldn't be another Democratic president in our lifetime. Right. So yeah. that's we'll do the thinking for you. That's what the limousine liberals said. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. Well, I think it. I, I don't. It was uh, the, the lightning itself that destroyed actually a George Floyd memorial. It said even, even nature can't be allowed to have this ludicrousness. Uh, so Jim Jordan and Jim Banks. Okay. Right out the gate, they were like, you know, McCarthy said, I'm going to put these two dudes on there because they're going to take the take it to him. Nancy Pelosi says, look, I want to include Republicans, just not those Republicans, because they're way too smart and sensible. So, I mean, here's what he said. Listen, as the legislation allows, I did not accept two of the five people were appointed. Uh, they have made statements and taken actions uh, that I think would impact the integrity of the commission, of the committee. So, Congressman, what do you make of this word salad? Yeah. We had five, Leader McCarthy picked five folks that would have done a fabulous job, but Jim Jordan and Jim Banks, that's like having Joe Montana and Tom Brady on the team. And she didn't want to face it, because they're, you know, and I told that, and Jim Banks said he wanted to be Brady because he was younger. But anyway, right. be that as it may, they're very articulate, they're smart, and just like you said, they'll take it to them. They're not going to they're not in Washington, D.C. to make friends. And neither am I. I'm there to be a fierce advocate for the taxpayer for 760,000 East Texans. Yeah. And they're going to expose this. And just like if they put you on the committee or myself, they're going to have to answer questions that don't fit into their tight little fiction. Yep. Yeah. I mean, and Jim Jordan would have come in there with no jacket on, ready to rumble. It would have been fabulous. Uh, Congressman Pat Fallon, we appreciate you joining us very much. Thanks, Carl. God bless you. Take care. All right. The Olympics are two things right now, boring and woke. And it's happening to sports here at home way too often. We're talking to Aubrey Huff after the break. Don't go anywhere. Have you checked out the Newsmax Daily Podcast with me, Rob Carson? You get daily news, insightful commentary, and believe it or not, comedy. Check it out wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts or at NewsmaxTV.com slash podcast. Well, not only have the Olympics been boring, they've also been incredibly woke. Not sure which is worse for the network's bottom line, but it's all supposed to be about bringing people together and representing your country, right? But this year's athletes could not be less concerned about that. They're more concerned about virtual signaling than sports. Now, I want to talk to our good friend Aubrey Huff. He played 12 seasons in the Major League Baseball, a two-time World Series champion, so he knows nothing about competition. Obviously, Aubrey, uh, I want to ask you real quick about Simone Biles. She had a stumble in the vault and ended up pulling out of the competition. I got my take, but what's yours on this? 
Well, I don't, I've struggled pretty mightily with uh, mental problems towards the end of my career in 2012. Um, with the San Francisco Giants, it was very public. It was very embarrassing. So I got a really kind of sympathetic heart towards these kind of stories. Now, nobody knows what the real story is, but for me, I try not to touch these things because I've experienced those types of issues, if in fact that's really what's going on. Um, again, who knows? I've heard rumors that, hey, she got a vaccination and that it uh, made her unable to perform. But, you know, again, these are rumors, but yeah. again, I never try and comment rumor. on things like that. Right. Yeah, no, yeah. that is rumored. We don't, we don't have any facts on that. However, I do know a thing or two about gymnastics. And I do know that she is arguably one of the greatest gymnasts in the history of the Olympics. Okay? This is, a, this is pretty inarguable. Now, having been a gymnast of 12 years myself, I, um, I, I, I have heard that she had some sort of uh, imbalance, almost like a vertigo thing, which when you're doing like four somersaults in the air, it can be an actual thing. Now, at first she said it was an injury, then it was stress, then it was both. The left is now praising her like she's some national hero for dropping out. My issue here is, um, you know, is she's neither a hero nor a villain on this one. She kind of just right. pulled out, and shouldn't we just leave it at that? Yeah, I think we live in this world where uh, uh, it's the participation trophy generation. You know, all these kids 20 years ago got a second place trophy, and now they're coming up. You know, yeah. we bought into this whole, like, cuddle the, the kids and tell them they're sweet, special snowflakes. And then these kids get up, and they're growing up, and now you see them in Major League Baseball and mm -hmm. NFL and the NBA. They're kneeling. Um, they don't have any cojones. They, can't, they don't want to stand up for anything that's going on in this, in this world right now. And I know for a fact, especially in Major League Baseball, 80% at least players are typically conservative. And I know they sneak into my DMs all the time. They can't follow me because they'd get in trouble. But they tell me, Aubrey, keep speaking out on behalf yeah. of us, man. You're our voice. And they don't want to take this vaccine. But nobody says anything. I right. just, it's insane to me. I want to see somebody step up, especially these superstars. Right. Where are they? If, you, if these guys united, they're not going to kick you out if you're making $300 million a year. Exactly. I mean, here, look, here's the thing. Look, I was a Navy SEAL for nine years. Like, I didn't have the option to quit when the going got tough or my feelings were hurt or something like that. But look, you know, like, as I said, I was a gymnast for 12 years. Actually, I think we have a clip of me uh, attempting some stuff at my, my current weight. Um, but, you know, the issue is, is when you have an inner ear problem or some sort of imbalance, why doesn't she just come out and say, yes, I have a vertigo or whatever it may be, instead of saying that, oh, I'm doing this for mental health. Champion me as your hero. Yeah, I don't. It's surprising that you were a gymnast, actually, being a Navy <laughs> SEAL and all. <laughs> so you got the ultimate alpha male in Navy SEALs and then the gymnast. I don't know, man. But I yeah, for, I listen to Cher, yeah, for too. Me, Leave uh, me alone, all right? <laughs> <laughs> no, but you probably didn't see a whole lot of beta mills in the uh, Navy SEALs. But, no. yeah, I, if, if a lot of these guys would speak up again um, on, on behalf of what's going on, we need loud voices. And I've gotten tired myself of tweeting about it, making videos about it. This has been going on for a year and a half. Mm -hmm. And all my haters on social media, oh, but all you're doing is tweeting. You're not saying anything. Well, I've decided to. After Newsom has come out and, and mandating all these lockdowns, once again, in California, I'm sick of it. So I'm, uh, I'm in talks right now, and we've already got the time, Saturday, August 21st at 2 p.m. We're going to do a big, huge rally mm -hmm. in uh, Encinitas, somewhere on the beach. We'll keep you posted on that. Awesome. Okay, so I want to get back to this, though. We saw Team USA basketball. They got smoked. I mean, they got blown out of the water the other day. So NBA stars like Kevin Durant and, you know, all about Black Lives Matter. He had it on his sneakers a while back. 
Are these guys taking their eye off the ball? Because, like, you saw with the soccer people, too. There were, like, three women standing up. Kudos to them. Big, you know, round of applause. But the rest of the team was knelt down, and they're getting destroyed in these sports that they used to dominate. I mean, are they just, like, spending all their time championing social justice and not scoring goals? Well, not only are they losing, but they're also losing viewerships. I mean, the majority of Americans, they want to go to a sporting event and they want to cheer for their favorite teams, their favorite players, and take away the distraction, the politics, everything they're force-fed daily in Mm -hmm. their real lives. Sports used to be an escape, and now they're going to these sporting events, and they're seeing their favorite athletes that are making $300 million, black, white, brown, yellow, whatever, kneeling for a country that has given them that opportunity to make that kind of money, and they're sick of watching it. And that's why you're seeing so many sports getting crushed in the ratings, and it's hurting the pocketbooks. And if we... If we care anything about this country and America and speaking out, we can speak out the loudest by just not showing up or just not turning on the TV to watch these guys. Well, that, that's what it is, Aubrey. Is it, you know, like when I look at sports stars, no offense to you guys, but as an Xbox, okay? Well, I turn you on. I want to be entertained with the sport that I choose to watch, okay? At that point, when I turn you off, that's all. I don't want any kneeling or, or stuff like this. You want to do that? Do it on your own time. You know, the, the, the Indians have recently just changed their name. I mean, does, does this, first off, how many Native Americans are offended by that name? Like two? And then you have the rest of Native Americans, many of them that I've spoken with prior to doing these shows, saying, like, I actually kind of thought it was cool to have a, the, the name Indians. What do you think? Here's what's funny about that, the Indians. They changed their name to the, to, uh, the, the Guardians. Whatever, yeah. And I, I, have, I have my own shirt company now, and I actually made a mock-up shirt out the other day. It's on pre-order right now, and it's the yep. Indian. And it's, it's, it's tastefully offensive. Okay. And I posted it on Instagram, and within an hour, I had like 700 of those shirts sold out <laughs> like that. It's just a testament <laughs> to how many of these people are sick and tired of the woke, awesome. progressive. Cra- and we're bending knee yeah. to a small portion of these people that are crying yep. and whining, and, and we're not doing nothing about it. Yep. But I'm tired of not doing nothing about it. It's, it's time to start acting. It is. Aubrey Huff, we appreciate you joining us there very much. Good luck with the T-shirts, too. Carl, thanks for your service, my friend. All right, thank you. All right, folks, a new candidate entering the race for governor in Michigan trying to unseat Gretchen Whitmer in 22. Tudor Dixon joins us after the break. Well, a former conservative media personality is entering the race for the 2022 race for governor in Michigan, thank God, mounting a Republican primary campaign for the chance to oust Democratic Governor Gretchen Whitmer, who's no friend of ours here. She joins us now, Tudor Dixon. Welcome to Newsmax. How are you? Good. Thank you for having me. Oh, absolutely. Of course. And I've had you on my Saturday show and I've had you while I had the uh, grace to uh, stand in for the great Greg Kelly. So why should voters look to you instead of Gretchen Whitmer, do you think? Look, we have to open our state back up and, and support our small businesses. When I go around the state, our small businesses tell me we need a workforce. And right now we still have that federal unemployment. This governor has been given opportunity after un- opportunity to help our small businesses, and she's not doing that. And our businesses across Michigan understand that she's not helping them. But also look at our schools, Carl. She just had the opportunity to pass a $155 million bill to offer $1,000 scholarships to our kids, and she rejected this plan. This, when we have a 32% reading proficiency rate in Michigan, seven in 10 children are not at their reading level. And she said, I'm not gonna give these reading scholarships. This is a governor 
who doesn't want to give control to her people. She wants to keep right. all the control to herself. Well, you saw what Ron DeSantis did. We actually, I, I, want, I want to take a look at this. What, Ron DeSantis came out in Florida and basically like, hey, we believe in this weird thing called freedom. Roll the tape. Very soon, I'll be signing an executive order, uh, which directs the Florida Department of Education and Department of Health uh, to issue uh, emergency rules protecting the rights of parents uh, to make this decision about wearing masks for their for their children. Uh, we think that that's the most fair way to do it. Is Governor Tudor Dixon going to do the same thing? Absolutely. It's not only parents that are worried about masks. Teachers keep telling me, how, how are we supposed to teach kids if they can't see our mouths moving? Mm -hmm. How do they learn to read? How do they know if we're happy with them or sad? Emotions are so important in the classroom. And these kids don't know, is the teacher impressed with what I'm doing? Does she think, is she concerned? Does she think I need to do something else? We need to make sure there are no mandates. Mask mandates don't work. If you want to send your child to school with a mask, absolutely. If a teacher wants to wear a mask, for sure. That's their option. But don't say all children have to wear masks because not only did online learning not work, but wearing masks is hurting our children's ability to learn and see what their teacher is trying to tell them. Yeah, it's super weird. I remember when the mask came off, it was like everybody started like smiling again. It was nice to see what, what <laughs> someone's emotions were. I mean, look, we all remember, and this is the thing too, these, these liberals, they don't live by their own rules. We all remember when, you know, this hypocrite Gretchen Whitmer broke her own rules. Just sitting here, she was sitting in a room full of people without a mask and mandating masks for everyone else in Michigan. It's like when her husband was like, I'm going to put my boat in the water. Do you know who my, my wife is, blah, blah, blah? I mean, how would you be handling a pandemic right now? Let's say there's a, a, another surge in COVID cases. What does Governor Dixon say to Michiganders about, you know, how they're going to deal with it over the next 30, 60, 90 days? Look, it's very important to trust Michiganders mm -hmm. right now. We've seen this in other states where you say, okay, listen, I know that your company is smart enough to figure this out. How about we have solution-based reactions to problems? If you have an outbreak at the school, that school can take a few days. It's just like when you have the norovirus right. and you have an outbreak. We shut down the school for a few days. We clean it. We bring the kids back. We can make individual decisions. We don't shut down our whole economy for things like this. Seems simple enough. Tudor Dixon, best of luck in your election. Please visit TudorDixon.com. Thank we you, will. Carl. All right. Folks, we've all seen these iconic MyPillow ads, but you won't be seeing Mike Lindell's latest ad on Fox News. That debacle is going to be next. Well, that is MyPillow CEO Mike Lindell's latest ad for a symposium on the irregularities of the 2020 election. That ad was just pulled by the Fox Group, so you know, Fox News. So Lindell is firing back. He pulled all of his company's ads off News Corp's network. Lawyer and conservative activist Rogan O'Hanley joins me now. I gotta say, like last year, he spent about $50 million over at Fox News from what I've read. That's a lot of cheddar to be pulled back. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, that's tough. You know, I'm old enough to remember when America was the land of free speech and free press. And <laughs> it seems that cancel culture is infecting even our side. Uh, you know, Fox News, ever since the election, has, you know, lost a lot of viewers. Newsmax and OAN have certainly picked them up because, you know, people want fair and balanced uh, coverage of what's going on in the world. And, you know, Mike Lindell is polarizing as he may be on the left, is a beloved figure on the right uh, by many. So, you know, it's just a shame to see, you know, Fox News kind of moving, uh, you know, towards their mainstream media friends. 
Yeah, so, I mean, look, they run plenty of ads that don't align with their message, as, as do other networks, too. They, they run Democratic and pro-abortion ads. I mean, is this quite hypocritical of them or no? Well, I would say so. You know, they are, you know, fair and balanced. That's the motto. But it seems to be a little bit unfair and unbalanced with this type of move. And, you know, props to Mike Lindell. He's taken the Trumpian approach. You know, he wants to make a good deal. He's got a lot of leverage. So I applaud him for sticking to his guns. And, you know, all that has done is made this symposium that Mike Lindell is putting on even more interesting. Now I right. now I want to tune in. You know, what's this all about? Yeah, well, exactly. And the other thing, too, is he, we just played the whole commercial for free here on this show. So, I mean, he's getting a ton of advertising from this. But here's the thing is, like, you spend, like, what kind of move is this from Fox? Like, $50 million. That's, like, basically the annual salaries of their entire primetime lineup. Is this a good network decision? Well, it's their personal, you know, business decision to make. They have a fiduciary duty to, you know, make the best business decision, decisions for their shareholders. Uh, you know, overall, we're seeing a seismic shift uh, of migration of conservatives on social media platforms, on mainstream media platforms. You know, you look at the Olympics, you look at Hollywood, they're having record low ratings. Why? Because conservatives are tuning out. They are tuning into the things that speak with common sense, with truth. And, you know, Fox, I hope that they make better decisions going forward and, you know, have a bit more uh, tolerance and openness in what's allowed to be aired on their program. Yeah. Rogan O'Hanley, thank you very much for joining us tonight. We appreciate it. Thank you, Carl. All right. Hunter Biden is lashing out at critics of him selling his artwork for hundreds of thousands of dollars. Wait to hear what he said about anyone that questions his big scam. That's next. Well, we all know Hunter Biden is no artist, so we all know it's just a big scam to get to the White House. The only one who doesn't know it's a joke, though, apparently, is Hunter Biden. He was doing an interview on some podcast about art when the host asked him about the critics who say, it's a conflict of interest being the son of the president of the United States. Are you ready for this response? Watch. What's your response to the people who are, you know, coming after, like, the prices of the work or just, you know, the, the, the collectors? I mean, what, what's been your response to that? Other than f them, <laughs> that's a pretty good response. I think that's all you need. Yeah, yeah. Look, man, is this? Is it? I I never said my prices, my art was going to cost what it was going to cost, or how much it would be priced at. I'd be amazed, um, you know, if my art had sold, at, you know, for um for for ten dollars. Oh my gosh! This is the son of the president of the United States, right there, folks. Can you imagine if Don Jr. or Eric said that? It'd be insane. It'd be on the front page of every newspaper. Look, he might be a little touchy about this because of a new bill in the House where Congressman Michael Waltz introducing the Painter Act. It would put transparency first in the White House and shed light on the actions of the adult children of the president or vice president that can be used to influence their parents' position of power. There's more. American citizens have a right to know who is attempting to purchase access to the White House through an artist, Hunter Biden, with no established credentials to, such, to warrant such enormous profit. So got us thinking about some of their children who've made life a little bit difficult for their presidential parents in the past. Presidential historian and former advisor to President George H.W. Bush, Doug Weed, and president, uh, presidential historian and Reagan biographer Craig Shirley. Thank you bo very much both for joining us. All right. So, Doug, what's your take on this? Hey, Carl, good to see you. Well, uh, presidential children have been extremely successful or great failures. And some 
uh, cursed. I mean, uh, William Henry Harrison Jr. dies young as an alcoholic. So does John Tyler Jr. They die in freak accidents like Andrew Jackson in a hunting accident. Andrew Jackson Jr. and Calvin Coolidge Jr. dies after a freak accident on the White House tennis courts. JFK Jr. in the plane crash. Uh, yet they achieve great things. Webb Hayes uh, founded Union Carbide. They're some of the greatest authors in American history. FDR ha uh, had a similar experience to what we're seeing right now with Hunter Biden. His son, Jimmy Roosevelt, was selling insurance, and the insurance company changed all of the policies so that he would get the royalties from the greatest policies. The nation became outraged. Laws are passed from time to time to try to correct this, but uh, greed has a way of uh, finding right. these presidential children. The big exception being the Trumps. Yeah, just, exactly. You said it. But just uh, imagine. I, I see Ivanka out there handing meals to poor people in the yeah. hot sun day after day. She and Jared and the, her father taking no salary. It's pretty big contrast. Right. I mean, the only actually the only artist on display here is the fact that Democrats have perfected the art of getting around logistics and, and ethical laws for for years now. So, Craig, I mean, do we see any of this making any waves? Is it going to get anywhere? Is this ever going to like is, is Hunter Biden ever going to have to answer for this or his father? Well, I think we have to deal with the fact first, Carl, is that Hunter Biden is a very poor artist. I mean, these are, <laughs> yes. these are the equivalents of, uh, of uh, adult finger paintings. Uh, presidential, <laughs> Doug is right about uh, presidential children down through the ages. You've had ne'er-do-wells and you've had great people. Teddy Roosevelt had a daughter, Alice, who was very carefree, partied from one end of Washington to the other, and was very troublesome. And at one point, he was told he needed to get his carefree daughter Alice under control. And he said, he responded, he responded, "quote I can be president of the United States, or I can control Alice. I cannot possibly do both." <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's fair, but you know, here's the thing: is like there was a Picasso painting that sold for about a buck twenty-five, one hundred twenty-five thousand dollars in the same week that Hunter Biden sold one of these blowpipe paintings for five hundred k. So, I mean, Doug. <laughs> What do you what do you think about this in the long term? Paid, I want to meet the, the the moron who just paid a half a million dollars for this for this trash. Yeah, it, it, that that should definitely definitely be known because if if they're not going to tell us who these donors are, I mean, it could be the Saudi prince who all of a sudden ends up with a nuclear warhead. For all I know, you know, it, it, yeah. Craig. We see this apparent double standard, though. We were talking about it. Any child, I mean, literally, if any child from the Trumps ever did this, it would be pandemonium. Uh, tenfold. Why? I mean, like we actually to the viewers, I don't want to insult you out there. You know why they're not covering this. But how do we get it covered? Well, we're covering it now. Yeah. And the alternative media is covering. I interrupted Doug and I beg your pardon, Doug, because uh, he had oh. some valid points I know to make. Uh, but uh, presidential is just troublesome all the time. They're, they're more trouble than, they're, than sometimes they're worth. Uh, but also, you've had her heroes. Mm -hmm. uh, Quentin Roosevelt, Teddy Roosevelt's oldest son, was killed in World War One in a plane crash. Uh, four of Roosevelt's sons all died and all, all served in World War Two. Didn't die, but served. Uh, and of course, uh, you know, Reagan once wrote in his diaries is that he said, "Insanity is hereditary. You catch it from your children." Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it, it is a reflection of the parents' day. I say, uh, you know. Uh, Doug, uh, or Doug, I want to ask you about um, about Robert Lincoln. 
Uh, what's your take on, on how that plays out versus what's going on now? Robert Lincoln was one of the richest men uh, in the world. He was very popular after the death of Abraham Lincoln. He became the president of the Pullman Company, which was like the General Motors of its day. Uh, heads of state would come to the United States and they'd visit the president and then they'd peel off and meet with Robert Todd Lincoln, kind of like meeting with Bill Gates. Mm -hmm. uh, very interesting character in history. Uh, the, you can't really compare him to Hunter Biden. He became a member of the cabinet of two different presidents of the United States, and some felt he could have been president himself. You know, Carl, seven sons of presidents ran for president, so it's kind of like feast or famine. Either a yeah. president's son turns out to be absolutely corrupt, as we saw with Jimmy Roosevelt. Right. Uh, understand, Jimmy Roosevelt, FDR would bring in these wealthy donors to yeah. visit him in the Oval Office with Jimmy Roosevelt there so he could sell him an insurance policy. And That's the crazy. nation became outraged and saw this as complete fraud, and they as shut it down. And that's what they need to do right now. Right. We can't have this kind should. of corruption. No, I completely agree. The historian dream team, Doug Weed, Craig Shirley, we appreciate you joining us tonight. You bet, Thanks, Carl. Thank Carl. you. Have a good weekend. All right, you too. Coming up, Joe is once again getting caught doing weird things. Stay tuned to find out. Big news from the app world. The Newsmax TV app has been downloaded more than 5 million times since Election Day. It's one of the most popular apps on both iPhones and Android devices. Plus, it's free. So go to your app store now and you'll get easy access to Newsmax.com for top news. Plus, you can watch Newsmax TV anytime, anywhere. And remember to sign up for app notifications so you never miss a breaking news alert from Newsmax. Download the free app now. Takes just seconds. Newsmax TV. Watch us anytime, anywhere. Or the land of the free and the home of the We can possibly do more of. And so we can discuss what's needed today. We well, to that's our president right there, Joe Biden, talking to a group of governors on a Zoom call about wildfires in the West. And for the first like 10 minutes of it, he had something yellow on his face. Check it out. I have no idea what it is. And Joe Biden apparently had no idea what it is until. Is through the partnership that we have, the federal and state government. Um, along with local governments. Uh, this, this issue is ongoing each year, as we have discussed, it gets worse. It affects real people. Um, everything from, from children who are breathing the smoke to parents who are up at night, concerned that they may get an evacuation. It just gets weirder and weirder, folks. You see the staffer, he passes him a note, he wipes his face and then he touches, he's like, ate it or something. I, I have no idea what, what he was thinking, but I bet you can guess what this note said. No, thanks to the ma magic of television, you can tell you exactly what we think it said. But sir, you have something on your chin. Not the first embarrassing moment for Slow Joe. Probably won't be the last. I'm Carl Higby. Folks, don't worry. Greg is back on Monday. Stand by for Stinchfield right now.